covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcoming in fans of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Heilman writing solo for this edition, but don't worry, Jim Bernier will be back at a later date for another show. Uh, just haven't been able to work out things recently, and we want to make sure we get shows out to you guys on as regular of a basis as possible every two weeks. So that's kind of why you know I've been jumping on, making sure I run the ship and get things underway. But trust me, Jim is definitely still in the background. We still are talking all the time, and we are still collaborating and excited, of course, for 2022. Uh, this show is going to focus on a lot of stuff I think that is sounding and rumblings that is of what might be happening for 2022. And hopefully this might settle things that we may be closer to a schedule. I would think, um, no, I will say some of the stuff I'm bringing up is not confirmed per se, but there's a lot of, uh, evidence at least that it is moving in this direction before I get there. And before I, uh, drop you guys off to listen to uh, a discussion I had with a, with one of the most recent signees of the Orlando predators, I wanted to just kind of be, I don't know, reminiscent a little for this show somewhat. Um, Thanksgiving did pass this, well, a few days ago, that is, of this show. And I know that this is an NAL podcast, but it's arena football. And to me, I just, I kind of stopped for a second. I went, oh my goodness, that is the two-year anniversary of the AFL we passed by. And it was kind of strange to sit there and think about it. You know, I, I still kind of remember where I was when they finally canceled it. I was in hell. The AFL is why I got into the NAL for crying out loud and why I started looking into all these other leagues around the nation that are very much fragmented and have their own different, you know, running bodies or even rule sets in some way, you know, as much as people want to mash them all together, you know, you guys know in the NAL that the NAL and the IFL are not the same thing. They are different. You know, as some of you have described in comments, one's a running league, one's a passing league. And uh, you can decipher that as you will. But, you know, it, I kind of went back and I just sat there and thought about and recollected about it a little bit and went, you know, it's just as amazing to think in two years how it seems like more than ever this landscape is fragmented more so than not. I mean, hell, if you, you, most of you follow other indoor and arena sites, you know, that there are new leagues. It seems popping up like crazy because teams don't want to join together. Teams don't want to, you know, have the same philosophies and such, you know, a lot of those are lower tier leagues, lower than, you know, the big three, which are the IFL, NAL and CIF, you know, any of you those that are AAL fans out there, sorry to tell you, but that's not the case. Maybe the Arena Football Association that's being formed in the West, but that's to be determined. There's there's really a big three. And the NAL is, for most parts, in that big three. And a lot of it comes down to me in quality of play uh, on the field. So, you know, I also think that there are some good signs that the league is going to grow. I know that there are signs that have shown that we won't be growing much this year, if any. But there are signs it's going to grow. And I just hope that one of these leagues or some of these leagues or the NAL or whoever, I hope that they grab the bull by the horns and they make this big again. Because two years removed from now, and I still am wondering, man, 
what the hell happened, at least to that league. Because I've done mostly in the last two years research and looking back and watching videos, looking at the statistics on Arena Fan, and I just it just makes me wonder. That's all it does. I sit here and go, how did this fail? Because it was so amazing. Hell, the leagues we have right now, there are amazing pieces to them. You know, I watched last season of the NAL. I loved it. It was really, to me, overall good quality. Yeah, there were some anomalies. You know, we had a 32-12 to contest where it was defensive, where it was Jersey going over to Orlando. You know, that was weird. You know, we had some blowouts a bit. But there were still some games that, you know, made me reminisce a bit and say, man, this kind of is, this kind of is good quality, man. This is what I'm striving to see. That explosive, high-flying, scoring, you know, pass-heavy offense running type of game. You know, Sands Nets, and, you know, of course I can argue about that. That's a whole different discussion. But it's weird to think it's been two years is what I'm really trying to say. And I hope that something changes the direction for one way or another that, you know, one does fully grab it by the horns. I know that a lot of people, you know, this is an NAL show, but I know a lot of people out there say, well, the IFL's already done it. It's like they're making some steps. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, some have to make steps to go in the right direction. But, you know, that's all I can tell you is to me, yeah, they're making some steps in that pro- in that progress. I'll admit it. You know, having an NHL ownership group, that's pretty effing big. Let's not sugarcoat it. That's pretty big. Um, But there's still a long way to go. And I hope that road is swift back to what we could have once had. It probably won't be. But it just makes you wonder what could have been. And luckily we have these leagues and hopefully, hopefully, we can get back to what I've watched in historic footage from like the mid 2000s where like you see droves of fans 10,000 plus per game per game at, mo- at a majority of the arenas nonetheless i hope we see that tv where a big network says you know what this is pretty damn cool i'm i'm obviously thinking very ambitiously but i hope to god I hope to God someone one of these days gets there. Because, man, I I really want to see that in person again. Or I want to see that level someday. And something I missed out growing up as a kid, because, I mean, I was I only cared about the NFL growing up as a kid. I Unfortunately, I did not. I only knew enough about arena football. I now know. And it makes me want to go back and tell my younger self, hey, watch this. This is pretty damn cool. But you're a kid. You know, you like the Chicago Bears. This is me, by the way. You like the Chicago Bears, and that's all you know of football. You know, different than my older self that decided to be experimental and check out all these other crazy leagues. But this is where we are. A very big, fragmented map. And, uh, you know, Chris Haynes definitely laid it out the best. You know, (laughs) I I know that it kind of... You know, everyone has their own opinion, but he himself put down, 
you know, in quote his post, what we could have, what in quote his post, what we could have, but y'all want to keep playing. I don't know. That just of course leads to a bigger question. You know, what, what do you mean? What, uh, what style do we take? That's the, that's the first thing it goes, you know, because the two different styles, obviously, you know, IFL, the running league, if the NAL trying to be closer to the original AFL rules, that's a big hurdle. You have to make a decision if you were to ever do something like that. And, uh, I don't think anyone is. And I think that, you know, we're still going to see, at least in the NAL, try to make some growth that way. Very fascinating time for these leagues, you know, post-COVID too. 2022 is going to be a pretty crucial year, especially for the NAL on, you know, getting fans back in, trying to get more established with some of these more markets, especially Albany, who, you know, I know they were affected by pandemic protocols and that they can definitely hopefully see some expanded attendance, you know. I hope to see other markets get more tense. Columbus was definitely impacted from what I understand. The Columbus Lions, that is. I know I I know that I I was mentioning the IFL earlier, but I'm just just being clear, you know. And then we got the San Antonio Gunslingers, which that's going to be a big test. You know, the the NAL is testing the West Coast heavily. And that could be a key for them moving forward into building this league. Because there's definitely a few things that are going on behind the scenes with it, which I hinted at before I started going to that little rant about, you know, being nostalgic and thinking about what back then or thinking about things I've looked up in the past um, is that there were (laughs) some team numbers might be changing. I haven't fully confirmed it, but there's enough evidence out there to suggest that the Rough Riders and the Jersey Flight might not might either not compete or will not be here for the NAL. Uh, the flight in particular, because this is one I need to address quickly from what I understand. And basically from someone that from a source that has discussed it with us thoroughly to a degree is that the flight along, and you can also tell based on social media posts, by the way, that people have essentially confirmed this too. Um, the flight will be moving supposedly to the American arena league, the, rebranded version that was recently sold uh they will be moving down um for the reasons my understanding and my best guess is financial i i know many of you watch the the games with the flight they weren't drawing crowds credit you could argue you know pandemic-based attendance you can argue you know the marketing and such but they will not be at least in the nal this year they're not dead uh, from what I understand, they are not a gone team. They're still in the arena scene. They're just part of a different alphabet league that is in the greater arena landscape. So supposedly they are going to be joining the AAL. That is one that I can confidently say that sounds about confirmed, really, at this point. The other one that I'm on, that's on the fence, but there are signs, is about West Virginia. So let's revisit West Virginia's situation. So... A few episodes ago, we talked at length about the Rough Riders being picked up by the ownership group TX4 that Ron Tredico and company run. Uh, Nate Sterling as well, or Starling runs as well. Um, 
And so the last thing we've we now we know now is that they're waiting on stadium dates because of the renovation to West Banco Arena in Wheeling, West Virginia, to allow them to play, which the understanding would be is that they play a front-loaded schedule and then maybe the back-loaded would be, you know, away games and then, you know, there's my there's just there's things I've heard that might, you know, could they possibly be talking like if they get in the playoffs, maybe they play an away game or something. Well, I don't know if that is going to be the case for this coming season. Now, in that original discussion, 2023 was still, you know, definitely in the sights. Like, say they couldn't make that work out, 2023 is the definitive year. So here's the thing. The Rough Riders aren't going to be going away they would be basically doing the same thing as like the Columbus wild dogs in the IFL, where it would be, they take a year off, they let the bank, they let the arena get renovated and then they come back strong 2023. So with those two being said, and again, West Virginia hasn't really, there's been no straight confirmation, but you look at stuff like, for example, my understanding is that the original Facebook post about the sale is disappeared. Um, and more and more people are starting to hear rumblings about this as well, just from other said from other said sources I've talked to, and that Jim has also talked to. It's sounding likely. Um, not saying it's confirmed, but it is sounding likely that they will not be playing in 2022, just based on the difficulties with the renovations and trying to make a schedule that is front loaded. You know, because remember the NAL with a full schedule will be playing well into July into really August, if you think about it. Which you still haven't gotten the schedule, which is of course West Virginia was one of those cogs in trying to probably make a schedule right now. Same would be New Jersey. Those two now fall those two either now or soon will fall into place, I assume, which then means we get a six team schedule. And I know people will stop and say this in particular. Gosh, dang it, man. The NAL is going to stick with six teams and we haven't grown. And it's just, why do we bother? I'm like, and I'm my whole thing is, guys, I would rather have the stability of the six teams, which if you'd listen to last episode and again, from talking with Hector Garcia, I think that the gunslingers are going to be a, pretty much a stable team, pretty stable from what I understand. So that being said, coupled with the fact that TX4 has helped start two franchises already in terms of the Predators and the Empire. And they're supposedly going to be started. And from what I understand, they're going to be starting West Virginia, if not this year, definitely next. There are teams coming. It's just that they're not going to be rushed out the door. And with New Jersey moving back, you know, which again, you look at this. You look at the numbers of people there at the arena and things like that. I even wondered too, like how are they going to make it to this next year and pay the NAL's dues, which the dues are decent, you know. And they the NAL's trying to be more smoothly run, you know, and have consistent ownership. I wondered, and you know, I'm happy. Like I said, I'm happy that they're not dead. Again, from everything I understand, they're not going to be dead. But, you know, it does stink to lose a team. 
And again, it's that per- it's that perception thing. Everyone's going to lose their. My understanding, and from what I've ever seen, is everyone's going to lose their minds that the NAL is going to have six teams, because it did last year. And then, of course, everyone looks over to the IFL, the big bad rival, and says, "Dang man, they're double digits right now." And it's like, "Yeah, you're right. They are." And you know, you just have to live with that. That's all I can tell you. I see the positive signs for the future with this league. I'm more intrigued to watch Iron Man play out, and I hope that that maybe buys in more possible teams. Plus, again, San Antonio being westward, that opens up more eyeballs. So, to me, that also gets the opportunity to say, hey, what if we like this brand of football? Again, they are competing, funny enough, somewhat it is, in the state. You know, I know Frisco's not the same... You know, metropolitan neighborhood is a San Antonio. It's it's in the Dallas metropolitan area, but still, you're going to have those teams looking at the NAL now too, and they're saying, "Hey, we're trying to make it a national league instead of, you know, the namesake that is National Arena League, instead of trying to make it just the East Coast Arena Football League." So that is another positive, but I get it. Six teams. We didn't grow. Technically, the overall number went to zero. We gained San Antonio, but we lost. But from what I understand, we're going to lose New Jersey. And then we have to sit and wait for West Virginia. And then we'll see what happens next year. I don't know. I think I'm fine with stability. I know. I mean, remember, Arena probably got hit harder for sure in terms of, you know, a COVID year. I mean, we need to see what it's like post a year of COVID-19 restrictions. Now credit there's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the whole, this whole Omicron, Omicron thing. And of course everyone's going to be monitoring that, but with stuff being different this coming spring than it was last spring with the league kind of starting late, having the shortened season, you're going to have more games this year. You know, there's going to be more marketing. We've already see it with, you know, likes of Orlando and Albany, you know, and of course, Jacksonville and Carolina and Columbus that they're already ramping up a bit more in their marketing and in their showing off of their signings. I mean, heck San Antonio, they've done a great job. I love their graphics. I love their design of things. looks good. looks professional. I hope that continues. I, I I would assume it would, but I'm just I'm saying I I hope to see that keep building as we go forward. You know, six stable teams, possible mo- most likely this a seventh one in a market that also, by the way, is ravenous. Although I get it, we're gonna I know West Virginia fans who listen to the show they will be saying, "Darn it, we have to wait another year." But the fact that they will be there and that TX four has had proven track record of establishing organizations and getting them built into the community from talking to them and from seeing, you know, for example, the transformation of Orlando, the Albany empire returning. And now that they're owned locally by a majority owner that is in the area, they're going to push this and they are dedicated. You know, Ron, Ron Trigo, I, I understand is a very dedicated owner. Same for Nate Starling. And that right now they're definitely driving a lot of the expansion. I, you know, they are trying to push that. So I, I am patiently waiting. I am, am I a little saddened? 
that we aren't going to get to eight teams? Yeah. I'm not delusional. I, I wish we had eight teams. I wish we could have an even eight and could show an increase and could talk about having maybe say split comp. Well, maybe not split conferences. I mean, but still we could in theory split them four and four if we wanted to do that, but that's just not going to happen. Stability is key. The history of arena football has been defined by instability. You've got to make sure, and especially with the NAL's short tenure, it has definitely gone through instability issues. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. You want to have teams that are here for the long haul. And I know I, I know Jersey was supposed to be part of that that six. It's not. It's still around. Who knows? Maybe someday, hopefully, that market turns around and maybe they move up again since they already have connections here. I don't know. West Virginia comes in. I hope the fans come. And I hope they're stable. You know, again, and I hope that Ron and company find a local business owner that wants to invest and, you know, we see another established locally owned franchise. But until that day, we'll go with six. And I'm fine with those six. I like it. And I'm looking forward to checking out the NAL with Ironman football come this spring. It's going to be fun. You know, I, I I think it'll be an experimentally fun season is how I'm hoping to see it. So come along for the ride with me, I guess. <laughs> I know it's still December, but uh, I'm just saying, let's see how this play. Let's see how this pans out is all. Well, guys, to end the show, I did have a little bit of a chat with one of the more recent signed Orlando Predators. He is a fullback and linebacker for the team. He was a ex-XFL Wildcat for that league. He also has played in the TSL. He's played in the AAL uh, and various other arena levels as well over the course of his time playing in professional football it's jeremiah spicer so we will end the show today with that conversation i want to say thank you very much for tuning in as always and for supporting the show guys we i mean i i have more and more people approach us every week and i love doing this show i love talking to you i love arena football you know, I, I, I have another show, Gridiron Gallery, that I do with in alternative football, the XFL and all those other leagues and stuff. And I, I like those leagues. But I love arena football leagues. I love the style of sport. I love the type that it is. I love how it is football, but it's different. Truly is different. And so doing this show is a passion of mine. And you guys are amazing for expressing the same love back from when we do this you, you you all are awesome so i thank you and for the next show we're gonna of course keep covering this and seeing where this goes for the nal you know as we've talked we still would like to consider talking ifl possibly we're still debating that in the background just gotta work out some kinks and hopefully hit those social goals remember we're trying to hit specific social numbers we're actually close on instagram and facebook and twitter we've already hit ours so you know if you keep on spreading the show around keep on giving us love we will consider those as well i know there's people that ask about ifl you know hey we had i mean for crying out we had the cif league its own facebook pages followed us that to me is nuts that is pretty crazy nuts and i thought it was awesome to see that too so this is a passion project you guys make it amazing and I can't thank you enough 
is what I can tell you. Without further ado, here's Jeremiah Spicer. Follow us on social media at InWallsPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, folks, remember one thing. Just chill out. We're going to get a stable year, hopefully grow and rebuild some of the stockpile. And remember, unlike the IFL, don't be a jack out of the box. Just saying. (laughs) See you later, everybody. Join me today on the Inside the Walls podcast. I have a special guest, a newly signed member of the Orlando Predators. He's going to be playing fullback and linebacker for them. You may have heard his name around in other arena leagues, as well as with the Spring League and in the XFL. His story was very well covered in that league uh, for his journey to the professional levels of football. Jeremiah Spicer joins us today. Jeremiah, thank you for taking the time to join Inside the Walls. Really appreciate it. Uh, and congrats on the signing, by the way. I mean, it's... Uh, it's definitely that time of year to get at least the NAL's uh, team stacked up and you will be featured as one of their uh, fullback linebacker combos in Orlando for the Predators. So congrats, bud. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. So here, here's the thing. Every show we have with a player, I, I want to hear the story you have. I kind of hinted at it a little bit um, with, in terms of the XFL. So um, a lot of your background, at least your upbringing into kind of getting into touching with the professional game or getting chances in the professional game. Uh, we got a lot of that covered with XFL in terms of like kind of documentary esque type of video coverage. And you were with the LA, LA Wildcats. So we were able to follow your journey there. Um, if you can give us like a kind of beginning and like into how this is, you've been with NFL teams with tryouts too. So I'd love to hear about that. And just your journey the last two years, cause you've had a lot of places you've been to. Oh, uh, since the XFL or my journey, uh, pretty much it started like in 2016 when I got drafted to Major League Football. Mm. I, got dra- I got drafted to Major League Football, MLFB. Some people have heard of it. Um, it's supposed to be coming out this year, coming up again, but I don't know. But um, Right. Yeah, that's how I pretty much started. Boom, sat around, waited for them. That didn't happen. And then um, ended up going to arena football. You know, ended up having to go through politics of arena, you know, to uh, – Ended up getting first team all league, leading the whole league in tackles, and um, getting to work out the LA Chargers, getting drafted to the XFL, and um, I was just playing in the spring league uh, last year, you know. So I just, you know, I just been grinding, man, just taking it one day at a time, you know, being appreciative of my opportunities and uh, you know, remaining humble. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you talk talk about your opportunities there. So like. Uh... I mean, the XFL, you have to work with like Pepper Johnson and comp and crew, yeah. like some pretty legendary people. Yeah. A big, really a big time league. I mean, that's just, yeah. in terms of like, we're talking professional levels, even that's above arena. I'm going to be honest to those listening that it, that truly is. I mean, how was that experience? You know, it was only five weeks and plus like training camp and such, but still yeah. that's a high quality talent and money being thrown around that you're being a part of. Uh, my experience there just really just, Gave me more motivation, more confidence. Um, let me know I could really play with these uh, NFL players and dominate against them. So that's pretty much what he did. Um, I got coached by NFL coaches, you know, uh, Coach uh, Winston Moss, Pepper Johnson. You know, I went against Norm Chow's offense. You know, Norm Chow gave me a lot of props. You know, um, it was just a hell of an experience, man. It's something that you got to go through, you know, to pretty much understand understand it. Um, you know, it pretty much uh, gave me uh, – the opportunity to take my next step in life, you know, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. 
I mean, it gave you plenty of film. I would say at least yeah. film and uh, exposure. You know, yeah. Any, I mean, we're talking for crying out loud. We're any X XFL guy that gets signed on to a place. We're all raising an eyebrow because I mean that has that stigma to it because of how good the quality brand of football it was. So yeah. yourself coming to the Predators who have turned themselves around to a much better organization as of last year. Uh, that's a, to you, that to many of us, that's a high quality signing that they're getting out of you. Yeah. The Predators, I look at them too, like the same thing, like the NFL, you know, they've been around since 1991, you know, so uh, they got a lot of history. I always want to play for a team like that, you know, that's been in the uh, AFL and got a lot of history mm-hmm. and, you know, so, you know, pretty much that's a dream come true, too. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to just kind of touch on my curious side here because you played in both these leagues. And I also do another show, uh, Gridiron Gallery podcast, which kind of kind of is an over encompassing alternative football show compared to this. Mm-hmm. So this is just my Gridiron Gallery side coming out here. You were in the TSL as well uh, during last winter or actually, I believe last like 2020s winter into 2021 as well. If I understand that with the aviators, how is that compared to say an XFL? Cause I mean, to many of us, that's uh, two different levels and there's people that have select words about the TSL others appreciate it. And there's different player dynamics. I mean, for what you want to divulge, I mean, what are your thoughts on those compared to like an XFL level type of league? The spring league compared to the XFL, the XFL was, um, you know, pretty much way more, it was just way more organized, you know, mm-hmm. that's, Pretty much it, you know. Uh, other than that, the spring league has NFL coaches, you know, great film. And um, another thing, like, the XFL pays good money. The spring league doesn't pay any money, you know. So, Fair. like, that's, you know, that's the biggest thing right there for a lot of athletes that's, you know, uh, supposed to be professional athletes. You know, if you're a professional athlete, you're supposed to be getting paid, you know. So, that's all about being a professional, too. So, hmm Fair enough. Yeah. And yeah, for, for those listening in, I mean, there was reports of, you know, and you know this, I imagine players that, you know, had to pay for their own exp- experience in this as well. Yeah, being some players, televised. Yeah, some players uh, had to pay for their own, uh, own way, you know. I had to go through the same thing, though, you know, for me, like, I had to pay my way through to get to where I had to get to, like, mm-hmm. even getting to the target. I had to pay for all these plane flights and missed opportunities. Sometimes I got there, I didn't get paid when I got there. And just different stuff, man. I had to pay my, I had to pay like thousands of dollars just to, you know, I never seen back, you know, just to, just to make my dream come true, you know. Right. So that's how I look at it. It's all about how you look at it, really. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a chance, which for yourself, at least my understanding of your story, it's definitely taking chances and, you know, putting your name out there, you know, mm-hmm. and you've, you so far so good. I mean, it seems like you've made it most of your steps, every part, every step of the way, uh, really kicking off with the XFL get, stint that you had. Um, and it, as we talked, you've been in arena already. Um, yeah. you know, you, you've been, I believe in the CI, CIF as well. So no, nah, nah, I wasn't in the CIF. I was in no? the AAL. Okay. A- I know you were in the AAL. I was in the NAL, the IFL and the, uh, AAL. And the uh, APL, the uh, uh, arena on the AFL, Arena Football League with the uh, Florida Tarpons. Oh, yes. Now I knew about, yes, I understood about that. I knew the AAL stand was going to bring that up. Okay. So that will take back anything from the CIF conversation. Retract that, of course. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you've been in the, N- the NAL. Um, things are changing this year, as you know. Um, 
yeah. even hinted at it, of course, with your position, you're going to be doing Ironman football. So yeah. two-way play, uh, you know, two different positions, got to flip the mentality when you're on the field. Um, Same thing I always do. Yeah. So, I mean, how is that uh, – how how did that factor in your decision, like looking at that league? Because I mean, to a lot of to a lot of players, at least last year to this year, it's been kind of unique talking to them. It's some of them are split and have moved on to other leagues. Others have taken the opportunity in full stride. Actually, one of your future teammates here coming up, Desmond Maxwell, who I've had on the show, uh, he was very much like he's very much been gung ho and I'm ready to go and do this. Uh, pretty much it's football, football to me. So I don't care if I'm playing in the mud. And rain, whatever, football. But um, pretty much, it's just the only difference is we're gonna be going both ways. We're playing fullback, and uh, I never played fullback before, but I can play any. I'm I'm athletic. I can do anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much like all the other athletes that are veterans that have been around for a while, they pretty much, you know, just they just want to get they, you know, they will just want to get their piece of the pie. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, totally everybody good. got family. Everybody got families and stuff to take care of too. So that's all it really is. Sure, sure, sure. Completely understanding that side of, of this as well. Um, but yeah, I, I get that. You know, football's football. You know, and uh, obviously for you, it, maybe it's another challenge for yourself. You know, you're saying you've never played fullback before, so you know this ought to be challenging yourself and make things a little more interesting. You know, yeah. help tell your story a bit too. Yeah, I get to play with some great coaches over there in Orlando. You know, uh, Coach Jeff Higgins, you know, he brought me on board. You know, he really liked what I could do, uh, believe in me. So, you know, I like coaches like that. And, you know, I'm showing what I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you and Co- Coach Higgins, you know, because, I mean, that he is definitely uh, – he definitely seems – from what from talking to him and from others I've talked to, you know, he definitely is energized. He took over for Coach Ben Bennett, who has quite the, you know, tenure, to say, in arena. Um, but was in his system. So obviously uh, he brings probably a lot of similarities with that. I mean, um, your intera- so your interactions you're saying have been pretty good and you've, uh, you know, he's, he's excited to have you on. Yeah. He got a lot of energy like me, you know, uh, you know, and you know, he, he got the same vision I'm trying to do, you know, so ready to roll. All right. Nice. Um you know what? I'm going to just before we head on out here, I thank you for joining on in, by the way, yeah. um, and talking on here. Uh, just want to just want to give you a chance here to uh, tell people where we can find you as well as uh, maybe give some shout outs to people. If you get a chance here as we wrap up. Oh, yeah. People can find me on uh, Instagram, under, uh, S-T-R-U-C-K, the world 33, Struck the world 33. Uh, they can find me on Twitter under King Struck 24. A R N G S T R U C K 24. You know, that's pretty much it. All right. Sounds good. Well, Jeremiah, thank you for joining in. I'm looking forward to, along with many others in the jungle over in Orlando, looking forward to you going out there and making an impact in 2022 uh, when the schedule gets announced and such, we're going to be, uh, I'm looking forward for some games. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> appreciate you know, your time. You know, we bring a different uh, energy out there, you know, than, yet, than last year. You know, we all, we all winners coming in. So, mm-hmm. what we come to do.